Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. And we're in the middle of just an exceptional topic. I wish we had a bump. <laughs> no, we could have played yours. No, I'm teasing you. It, it's 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 water under the bridge. We uh, no. Uh, hey, you got that one right. I did. Yeah, water mine, bridge, mining for works. fruit. Yeah, we're not mining for fruit this this particular show. And I did have something uh, additional wrong in the last uh, last uh, show. If you listen to the first the radio show, and now we're in the after hours. But uh, it's born ultimatum, not born supremacy. Not that anyone out there probably knew other than Andy, but I want to go ahead and say that. <laughs> but uh, the topic we are talking about today, Jim, is yours. Second week in a row. That, yeah. That's a big achievement. Um, and so tell I'm us about that. I'm pretty sure he's not going for three, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, this is, and you can take your pick, this is hearing from God, hearing God's voice. Uh, we are talking about talking to God. Listening well, to God. listening to God. Yeah. And sadly, most people in prayer are... 90% of talking to God, and I resemble that remark, and mm-hmm. 10% of listening, but the reverse would be a much wiser course. And I guess I can just keep talking. Yeah, because you're the first We're going to start with my clip. We are. Yes, we are. Is pretty self-explanatory. It's uh, Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. Uh, one thing to look for, you'll hear... Uh, well, I can, if I could read my own writing, uh, you felt unworthy, Jesus saying that. That is a pretty big gap between that sentence and what came before, which is Jesus telling the woman all about her husbands. And it takes her from being you know, cocky and angry to being broken, which often is a necessity to actually hear what God is speaking to us. So we're ready to play. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank him even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here that it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. Do you believe what I'm telling you? (laughs) Until the Messiah comes, and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am He. But you felt unworthy. 
Why are you doing this? It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know. But not by the Messiah. That, uh, I guess I could have just said when the dramatic music starts <laughs> discovering the gap. That is such a, well, it's always been a favorite verse of mine of Jesus' stories, but the, what you get from the chosen version fills it out to the point where I cannot watch that entire scene without getting choked up. And the point is, of that is that uh, she had screwed up so much in her life, she did not feel like God would have anything to do with her, and she didn't want anything to do with God. She did indicate that, you know, that was other people's fault for the way they treated her during that time, but everybody out there has, at one point or another, been hurting and felt like, and I Many, many of us feel like our self-inflicted wounds have separated us from God, and we can't talk to Jesus. We can't talk to God. But he makes it very clear in this passage that he is spirit. We can do it, as we pointed out before, 24-7, every day of every year of our life. And if we feel unworthy to, we're not we won't hear from God if we don't think we will, or we'll hear from him very little, and those will normally be dramatic. I was hearing from God when I was still, I'd always believed in God, but I never really thought I'd hear from him. And even when I was far from him, there would be times. But if we're seeking him, seeking the relationship with God that he wants with us, then we're going to hear for him, from him a lot more often and we'll have his peace and comfort in these tough times. And it got cut off because I hit the two-minute limit. But right after this, she is overjoyed and said, uh, he told me everything I've ever done and goes rushing to the village, dropping her water and, and telling others about him. And I think that is an ultimate outcome to us hearing from him. So for those of, that aren't familiar with the story or just heard it a little bit, why was it such a big deal, A, that Jesus is in Samaria, and, and B, that he's, he's talking to the woman at the well? Well, Jesus is Jewish. Right. This is probably one Robbie should start setting up because he knows, knows it intimately. And, but it, basically, Jesus is Jewish. Jews do not have anything to do with Samaritans. They're half-breed rejects. They live in the wrong place. They worship the wrong place. They're actually considered worse culturally than those that are not Jewish at all. I mean, they're at the very bottom of the of what's going on. And and when they first meet, she's saying, "You shouldn't be talking to me. You you know, I'll make you unclean by giving you water." I mean, it's it's really she recognizes that it's taboo for him to talk to her, and yet he engages her and brings her to a point where she loves him and is excited about having that relationship. Yeah, it's an it's another 
lack of a better term, Jesus picking a fight against the culture. Yeah. Right. You know, that he says, I, I don't care what the culture says. I'm Being like, a woman is yeah. awful. He's not even supposed to talk right. to women. Right. That back in that time, that would not be appropriate. Right. And so there's a lot going on there, but it's Jesus battling for the heart. Yeah. And just on, on the point of him being in Samaria, none of his disciples, at least on the chosen mm-hmm. part, but probably the real life, Samaria was really, it's a shorter way to get to Galilee where they were headed, but it was through Samaria. Usually they went like 15 or 20 miles out uh, to the east around it. And they're just, uh, he directly wanted to go through there for a reason. He had an appointment to meet her, a divine appointment. Yeah, and keeping in mind that, you know, it's not a 20-minute drive. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 20 miles is a significant walk. Right, yeah. yeah Good times a, on a donkey. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah sandals in yeah, the right. desert. Yeah, So, Andy, you're actually up with the next clip, and it's from the Born Ultimatum. And, and to be very honest, it says right here on the computer, Born Ultimatum. I just didn't read it you didn't read okay yeah i can read i just didn't (laughs) we can't blame it on the eyes now because you know they're fixed they're they're fixed yeah it's the attention span so yeah this is (laughs) 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 this is from the born ultimatum and this is a scene where um jason born is this um cia operative um and the cia has got a um, unethical or unlawful program going and there's this um, journalist that's been reporting on it and Jason Bourne knows about it and he's trying to protect him and he gives him a phone so he can kind of give him directions because they're being followed by this CIA group and really it's just a, a scene that's pretty visual but you should be able to pick it up. You'll hear Jason Bourne talking to Ross that's his, uh, the journalist and then you'll see, hear these CIA director and talking to his team as they're monitoring this guy and they're trying to catch him and and get to him because he's considered the informant or they're trying to find out whose informant is and I'll talk a little bit more about the spiritual mapping to that when we get back we have to move answer your phone you got a visual where the hell is he people do exactly as I say need you to move up to your right First escalator on the right. Tie your shoe. Tie your shoe right now. Tie your shoe. Wait. Wait. I'm going to walk by you. I want you to move along the far wall to your left. In four, three, two, one, stand up. That's it. You cannot afford to lose this guy, people. All right, that line you're on is good. Stay on that line. Stay on that oh, the bin man. I think he's one of them. The garbage man? Negative. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, he's reaching for something. Oh, God, Stay he's got a line. gun. He's got Stay a gun. Stay on the line. He's got on. a gun. Do not deviate. Okay, there he, he goes. goes. Here he goes. Tell grab team A, go. He's still talking with somebody. He's getting instructions. Jimmy, give me the conversation. Lock we'll the box. Lock the, the box. Moving grab team C. Hurry, Ross. got to move. Okay, move through this crowd. Move through this crowd. Get uncovered right now. Move through this crowd. Get in the store. There's someone on your tail. Get in the store. You're going to proceed out the east exit. That's to your right as you come into the store. Head into the liquor store in front of you. Go into the back and lock the door. Well, before it's down. This guy's got help. Tell me when the asset's in the nest. Get me a feed in there. I want Grab Team C in there. Tell me what's going on.
That's Jason Bourne. He's picking us apart. Do you think he's a source? He's got to be. So it's probably hard to follow there, but um, really you have Jason Bourne just talking. I mean, it's like the voice of God to us at times. Now, these guys weren't close. They weren't friends. It's not like the relationship we have with God, but there's some parallels to the direction God wants to give us as his children. Um, You know, he's just constantly telling him, you know, what turn to make, you know, go up the escalator, uh, tie your shoes, those kinds of things. But, you know, some of them are like spot on. Wait, wait. Well, how many times do we need to just slow down and wait on God? We've talked about it a lot. Be still and know that I'm God. And and there's there's just a lot to that. I think in my spiritual walk, um, that's one thing I've done. I used to be so much just jump out. Again, it goes back to that kind of orphan spirit. I've got to control everything myself. And why wait on God when I can go do things myself and, you know, ask for his blessing after the fact. But that weight really means a lot. Um, you know, the the guy from the CIA is talking about Bourne and the Ross, he says he's talking to somebody. This guy's got help. It's evident that he's got help. It should be evident that we got help, mm-hmm. that we have our father helping us. And then at the end, near the end, you hear Bourne, um, you hear that scuffle, Bourne's fighting for him to protect him. Well, what you don't see in that scene is he goes on in that he get the the Ross actually gets killed because he didn't follow the directions, and that's what we are when we don't follow directions. But it all comes out of relationship of hearing God. If you try to, um, you know, you, you you know, like Jim said, the relational part of it is foundational. But what relation do you have where you don't have bidirectional communication? What kind of what kind of um, relation can you expect between a husband and wife, a a father and a a child, mother and a child, whatever. I mean, you've got to have that relational aspect to it. And um, anyway, I just think I thought that was a cool clip on learning to listen. And that's still a difficult time. to. I mean, I still, I know I hear from God on a regular basis, but I know that I probably could do it a lot more by getting still and listening. So question, when do you guys find it harder to listen to God when you're in a sense of urgency or, you know, it's just everyday kind of thing. Well, the, yes, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The text, the textbook to answer, at least from what, uh, the guys at wild at heart is that that urgency, that pressure on you, that's going to be hard to hear. So learn to hear on the things where there's less pressure on it. And you begin to be, accustomed to hearing that voice and then when you enter those times of pressure that you can fall back on what you know you've heard it before my sheep hear my voice and they follow me that's good advice but where do you struggle um i mean i I definitely struggle with the part of trying to get an answer when i really Mm -hmm. you know in that urgent space um that urgent place not space but um I, I guess it's it's easier now because I, I think just in my growth and my spiritual walk that I feel like I have so much more trust in the relationship that things aren't just as urgent anyway. That t- knowing who you who, who's you are takes a lot of that pressure off. But with that being said, I would much rather make decisions in a non-urgent or need-to-know-right-now type of environment. Yeah, and if you ask God... 
um, about your non-urgent issues, maybe avoid mm-hmm. some of the urgent issues. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> was that unavoidable or unavoidable suffering? Is yeah, that, kind of the uh, byproduct of yeah, that? Yeah, that, that's directly from yeah. that particular topic. Yeah. I, I, I mean, actually would go a different direction. Okay. But that's not unusual. <laughs> no, <laughs> go no. Figuring into the your nuts. But unlike, you know, Rodney said yes, because I think when the ox gets horribly in the ditch, like when I was crushed between the two cars, I, it, it wasn't hard at all to hear from him because that was all you got. I mean, and, and I know that my fallback will be, and I would imagine everybody's will be, that if something truly horrific happens to you, he comes in loud and clear like you just can't even believe. Um, you won't have any trouble. Now, when you're going to him with something that you feel like is urgent, <laughs> you know, that's another story altogether, you know. But true urgent issues, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that, that you won't have a struggle like, I wonder if that was, you know, you'll, you're going to know when it's really, really, you know, something tragic just happened to your wife or your, your, you know, one of your children or something like that. He's got a special comfort that there's no doubt in my mind. But my agenda being urgent, <laughs> you know, those, those, those are a bit challenging. And then the other one, is actually, for me, my biggest struggle is just the moment by moment, what I'm really hoping, you know, to take this lesson from Jimmy Stewart and and literally, you know, have him there with me in the mundane. Yeah. You guys answered the question I asked. I want to ask it differently, though. It it wasn't about hearing God, about listening to God. When do you find it more difficult to listen for God? is really the question I meant to ask, right? And you answered that at the second part. It's in the, in the everyday thing, right? When something feels urgent, yeah, I definitely want to lean into him then because I'm out of my own answers potentially, right? But I don't ask him about the stuff just daily that I really need to ask him about. I'm getting better at it, right? And, and life's becoming less urgent at times and, and more avoidable, um, so, or avoidable suffering, right? It, it, I'm having less of that, hopefully. But it, it's in those everyday decisions. You know, I mean, if I ask him, am I going to eat a hamburger every day at lunch, I'm, I'm probably going to deal with other issues if I don't listen at some point, right? I'm going to deal with some health stuff. My answer didn't change okay. between hearing and listening. And it's not, it is both, but it's when I'm at the extreme of both. If God is the only way I'm getting out of this dramatic, terrible situation, um, listen, well, it depends upon how you define them, but, and it's done different ways, but that doesn't matter. I'm hearing and listening. Or when I am at peace and reflecting on God and I'm in, I know I'm in his presence, that's if I don't fall asleep, I'm hearing or listening. Yeah, at that time. There's definitely a difference. For any of you that's been married, I I promise if you talk to your wife, there's times that you hear, but there's a lot of times you don't listen. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a very myopic attitude. It is very myopic. Yes, it is. That's one of those almost absolutes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's a distinction I make between it is I may hear, but am I really truly listening? You know, and that's, that's a different thing. And you get something you want to I add jump to over to obedience myself. Yeah. That's the first place yeah. I go. I'm hearing this. It's like, okay, are we going to obey? Yeah. Are we going to do what God says to do? Yeah. And that comes back to our Carol saying, 
know the word, then you know what to really go to obey. Yeah. An- another textbook answer from Wild at Heart, but I think it, I found it to be true as well. This is, I mean, this is Ro- Robbie's talk that I'm getting into here, I think, for the next. But the whole idea of, and it's what Rodney was talking about with the obey, but it's the whole idea of surrender. Am I willing to hear yes or no on whatever I'm asking? A lot of times it's God should uh, buy this house or not or whatever. If if you've got your mind made up, you're not going to hear, you know, God's voice. You're going to hear your own, and it's going to get in the way. And I find myself, because God's proven himself over time, much more comfortable with surrendering that and going with it because I realize he really is the smartest guy in the room and I'm not. Yeah, I, for me, I think a lot of it was orphan spirit to begin with. You know, I just really, I'm going to do it my way, and if it didn't work, I'll ask God and, and live my life way too long that way. I think becomes more now is I still kind of have this belief, eh, you know, God's got a lot going on. I'll just, you know, and it's silly, right? But, you know, I don't think to ask him when I should as much, and, and that's getting better, and I think that'll grow over time. But it's being more thoughtful about, okay, before I make the decision, before I jump in the pool, God, is this a good idea? You know, you might not want to. Yeah, for me, it's a lifetime of habit. Yeah. Always made the decision for myself. I never looked to God. And then I come to Christ, and I'm like, oh, there's another option other than just me? And there usually is. And I just forget. And then how hard is it after I've already made a decision on something? Oh, 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 yeah, God, what, what should I do? I can't hear anything because I already made my decision. I'm going down the road. So like you say, learning to do it earlier first, is, it's hard, but it helps. Yeah, yeah I, I want to avoid the, hey, God, can you help me bail out of this particular thing? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I promise I'll learn from it and it won't ever happen again. Well, I actually, David, did you have something you want to say? No, oh, you just it. had that look on your face. No, that's just my look. Okay, okay, no problem. It's just my face. It's just your face. Yeah. Well, thank you. We appreciate you being the guest again this week. I mean, by the way. yeah, I appreciate you guys uh, having me. So I do have a clip, and it's from Field of Dreams. And, yes, I know it's an old movie, and I'm not going to ruin anything in it for you. you know. Uh, but in this particular clip, towards the end of the movie, when everything's starting to make sense, when it, when it all kind of comes clear, the whole journey that he's been on, that Ray's been on through the process, and his wife and, and, and the people around him that don't understand what they're doing, you know, now it makes sense at the end, but in the middle it sure wouldn't have. Right? It looked like a bunch of crazy activity, crazy decisions, and then it kind of comes to fruition. And so let's listen to this clip where, where Ray kind of figures out what the voice has been telling him and why, and then we'll come back and talk about it. If you build it, he will come. What? What is it? It's my father. I only saw him years later when he was worn down by life. Look at him. He's got his whole life in front of him and I'm not even a glint in his eye. What do I say to him? Why don't you introduce him to his granddaughter? I just wanted to thank you folks for putting up this field, letting us play here. 
I'm John Kinsella. I'm Ray. My wife, Annie. This is my daughter, Karen. Karen, this is my... This is John. Hi, John. Hiya, Karen. Well, we're gonna let you two talk. Hey, Dad? You wanna have a catch? I'd like that. Yeah, that was a, a six-minute clip to try to cut down into two minutes, and so there was a lot that I had to take out. But the, the part that I focused on, and, and the whole point of this movie, once you've seen it, and you go through all these things that don't make sense. You know, um, the first one is, if you build it, he will come. You know, like, I have no clue what that is. And, and so he goes, and he, he kidnaps a, a sports reporter guy, and it's like, okay, this makes no sense, but then it becomes clear a little bit more. Right, and along the way, then eases pain, and he goes and gets this this doctor who ends up stepping back in time and playing baseball, you know. And, and there's just pieces of the journey that Ray's just obedient on, to use your word, right? And he's just obedient, going, I don't know what this because it feels right. It feels like this is bigger and deeper than me. And the whole goal of this whole movie, of this whole journey, was to lead him back to the father. In this case, to his natural father. Right? And in our case, to our natural father, meaning God, not our earthly father, right? but to our natural father. And the whole point of the journey is to lead us into deeper relationship. Jim, you talked about um, watching the Chosen clip and, and being moved. And that was a great clip. It really was a, an awesome clip. It, it, even though I've seen this movie a handful of times, I was still moved to tears watching it yesterday. And it was one of those things that we talk about on the show of saying, okay, God, why? Right? You know, but you know, have Ray that only knew his dad in later years when life had kind of beat him down. You know, and you don't know a whole lot about the relationship, but you do know that it wasn't what he had hoped it would be. You know, and so God was reminding me of, you know, when I was born, I was uh, not expected. <laughs> it was a surprise, accident, whatever you want to call it. I don't feel like an accident, but I was not expected, right? And uh, um, my dad was 49, you know, and then by the time I was 12, he'd had a stroke and couldn't talk and couldn't do things and had to do a fair amount to help take care of him. And and so, you know, I'd hear these stories of my dad playing against the Harlem Globetrotters, you know, back in the day, or riding rodeo and all these cool things and some really cool things about my dad. But I never got to know him in that way. And, and so my heart really moved to Ray being able to spend some time with his dad playing catch. As much as my dad loved baseball, I never played catch with him. So I'm looking forward to the day in heaven when my dad and I can play catch when my shoulder's good enough and he can throw. We're going to have a great time. But anyway. I wanted to do the contrast of these two yeah. and we snuck it in but God gives you a lot of details or he gives you very little and leads you on between those two clips so don't expect one or the other when God speaks yeah it's either, it's and yeah yeah, it's and well thank you for listening this week uh, go to masconjourney.org to look up any upcoming events we do have the boot camp coming up for advanced also we have more we'll talk with you next week this is the Truth Network.